listening to the Denver Real Estate Investing Podcast, brought to you by the Envision Advisors at Your Castle Real Estate. What's up, Colorado? Chris Lopez here. And in this podcast, we are often talking about strategies to acquire properties deal analyses, how to optimize your property. But we don't spend a lot of time talking about how to protect your assets and not just protecting from like day-to-day liability, but from the long-term planning for estate planning, for what happens when your kids take over the property, your heirs take over the property, because eventually we all stop being landlords and our properties go to the next person in line. But having that plan in mind is something that very few people uh, don't have myself included until recently. So this episode, we're gonna be doing a deep dive into how to protect your assets and cover four common myths and questions that real estate investors need to know when it comes to asset protection. And our guest for this show is Pam Moss Garrett with Law Mother, who specializes in estate planning. Pam, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Chris. Yeah, really glad to have you here. And I mean, I think the the way I would sum up your business with estate planning is you help real estate investors protect their assets for their loved ones. Absolutely. And, you know, a big reason we're going to deep dive into here is because you are now part of our strategic partner program, which is a program we launched a few weeks ago, episode 352. And we often get asked, hey, around town, who do you use for this? Who do you work with for this? And our strategic partners are people we know, like, trust, and do business with. And you and I got connected randomly a couple of years ago, actually. It was right after the pandemic started. And I remember I was sitting at home, like most people, spending some time on Facebook. And I saw a Facebook ad for, I think it was a webinar that you were doing for, you know, for estate planning. And it jumped, down for, it jumped out to me for two reasons. One is I was like, oh yeah, I need to do that myself. It was on my, you know, mental do it someday list, but it's never urgent. And secondly, I was like, damn, there's someone doing ads, which I love because that's just a great way to connect with people. I didn't act on it, didn't click on the ad, didn't get my state plan made, but but sunk with me. And then like a year or a year and a half later, we got connected through some you know real estate uh, discussion. And I was like, you know what, Pam, I've seen your face before. And then that led to us circling back around, having a conversation, and then you and I'm doing the state plan for me and my wife and my family. And then my mother-in-law who needed hers done. And then a bunch of like clients as well. And other people I talked to who said, hey, do you have someone, for, someone good for estate planning? I was like, yes, I do. Go talk to Pam at Law Mother. So Pam, with all that, I'm very excited to have you on as our strategic partner and providing resources and content to our audience out here. So thanks a lot for being on the, on the podcast. Thanks so much, Chris. Really par- happy to be a part of it. So let's kind of start with a little background here. How'd you get into estate planning? Yeah, that's a great question, Chris. So I started off as a government attorney. And in the government, I often saw this issue where, especially younger families, they didn't have any type of estate plan in place. And then the unexpected would happen. So their loved ones would end up in court and conflict. Kids would end up in child protective services. And I really wanted to be part of the solution. I wanted people to plan in a better way. And then I think I shared with you, I went through a bad probate process with my own family. And the plan that was put in place by a law firm for my family uh, members failed. And when I looked into it, I thought they had committed malpractice, but I found it's actually really common practice. So became really passionate about 
doing estate planning in a different way that really protects families. Talk about that because that was, you know, this is the first estate plan I've done, but I remember it was very comprehensive and you were also very methodical in what you did with me and my wife. And you're also very passionate about it. So give a little more detail about between a typical estate plan and kind of where you saw where you could deliver more value and provide a better product out there for people. Yeah, so absolutely. So a lot of real estate investors, which we're going to be talking about today, want to set up living trusts. And one of the big reasons living trusts fail is because people don't properly transfer their assets to the trust. So what we do is we provide that unlimited guidance and support. And we have a process in place where we meet with you, we confirm you've done everything. We do checkups and reviews. We've launched a new membership program for a lot of our investor clients who need ongoing support. So we're really trying to make sure that everything's taken care of and that all of the gaps that I've seen that happen with my family are filled. And and I can uh, give you a testimonial to your process for getting assets transferred over. I've pretty much everything transferred over other than a couple like random loose checking accounts, which is going to move the needle in the big big grand scheme of things. But uh, we got the plan set up and it took a few months to get over. Not on you, but that was on me to get over. But throughout the process, I, you know, Sunday afternoon, sit down, have some questions, I'd email you back, email me back, do some progress, later hop on a phone call, and you held my hand and a little kick in the butt when needed to make sure you get over the hump, at least for like the all the important stuff. And that's all under our living trust now, which I'm very grateful for. And I can speak to your process. So let's move in. Actually, before we do that, Talk more about how um, you said it's very common for estate planners to do like a, a, a poor job. I would say a poor job, but you made that comment that you went through and that, that come down to assets not being properly transferred in there or was it other stuff in the uh, estate planning process? Yeah, I mean, so there's a lot of really great estate planning attorneys out there, so I don't want (laughs) to give a bad name to all of them. But what I went through with my family is very common with other people. And they're firms that just treat it like a one-time transaction. They're really not being that true trusted advisor and they're not providing that ongoing support. So really seeing that that's why a lot of people plans have failed. We set our systems up differently so that we have a process where you are getting that unlimited guidance and support. We do everything flat fee agreed to in advance so that there's no surprises. So you're not afraid to give us a call when you're at the bank and you have a question so that we know that you can have that peace of mind that your plan is going to be protected. And that overall, we're kind of checking in with you. Minimum, we want to hear from you every three years. Um, And then for my business owner clients who want more check-ins, we have now a membership program for every year that's launching. Great. So we'll move into these four common myths. Um, and questions I have. And these are questions that I've had and clients have. But before we do that, um, you have some exciting news because like, I guess about three weeks ago from when we're recording this podcast, you published a new book called Legally Ever After, which I love. Talk to us about what this book is. And congratulations, by the way. Yeah, thanks so much, Chris. Yeah, so this book is the culmination of a lot of parents who are busy coming to me and saying, you know, how do I get started? I don't know how to get started. And feeling very overwhelmed, not sure about what to do. And so that's what this is. It's a six-step plan to protecting your children's future, their happiness. And the reason it's legally ever after is we're playing on the Cinderella theme. We all remember that story, right, of Cinderella and what happened to her. And so wanting to make sure that 
you know, your loved ones, they don't need a prince to save the day. They don't need a fairy godmother to save the day. They need you to put together a comprehensive estate plan. And that's what this will do. <laughs> I love the I love the play on words there. So I know this is available on Amazon. And also there's a free chapter people can download, I think, off your website, right? Yep. So it's at lawmother.com forward slash L-E-A for legally ever after. And I think we're going to include that in the show notes. Yeah, we'll put the link in there. So congrats. Um, and we have some extra copies in the studio. If someone needs one, come check out the studio library. Um, all right, let's go through here because these are questions I've had. I only need a simple will, right? Or I only need a will. True yeah. or false? Yeah, so false. And the story that I like to share for that is, you know, there was a woman in Texas. She owned a piece of real estate. She had a retirement account. And, you know, she put together her will online And when she was putting it together, they were worth about the same. She had her house that was worth a certain amount and her retirement account. So she left her retirement account to her daughter and her house to her son. Well, she went on to live for another 20, 30 years. She never updated the estate plan. And so when she passed away, she had used all the money from the retirement account, as you might expect. It was just a few thousand dollars. But her home value had doubled in price, right? So her son was left with a multi-hundred thousand dollar piece of real estate. Her daughter was left with a few thousand dollars. Well, her son was like, well, this is what mom put in her will. This is what she would have wanted. And her daughter's like, you know, if mom knew what she was doing, she wouldn't have wanted to do that. So they ended up going into a lawsuit. They went into litigation. It cost a lot of time, a lot of money, took a lot out of their inheritance. And so that's the number one mistake I see people doing is they think they just want a simple will or we got a call about a simple will and they don't know the ramifications, especially for real estate investors. When you're talking about multiple pieces of real estate going through probate, I know you've seen this when it goes in probate, it gets stuck, it can't be sold, costs a lot of time and money. And so we really want to make sure that there's a comprehensive plan in place. Yeah, I mean, to and, you know, from the limited knowledge I have, if you own real estate, a, a will is not going to do an effective job for you, is what I've kind of Googled and learned from talking to other people. That's yeah. my impression. Yeah. I mean, typically, you know, a will goes through probate because it includes instructions to a judge. You're dying with things in your name. And so then a court is making that transfer. And so probate is considered a lawsuit against yourself for the benefit of your creditors with your money. That doesn't sound great, right? No. <laughs> So with a living trust, you're making that transfer in life. You're in control. You're in charge of everything. But it's not going through probate when you die because when you pass away, it's in the name of the trust or it's in the name of an LLC that you've set up and assigned to a trust. Great. Um, Second question, and this is one of the most common questions we get on the entire website, podcast, and people I talk to is, should we put our real estate in an LLC or trust to take it out my personal name? And this is a very loaded question, and we're gonna do a lot more content on this in the future, but do the best you can to answer that question to help people understand the ramifications of that, if you could. Yeah, so kind of big picture, the number one mistake I see is people go online, they create an LLC online for their real estate, they transfer it, and they think they're covered. And an LLC alone is not enough. It's going to go through probate when you pass away if you don't have a trust in the background and you don't have a trust set up. So for probate avoidance, you want to at least have a trust set up and you want to do it correctly. And actually, before you move on, because this this was something that when I realized this, this was like one of those aha, oh, S-H-I-T moments where I was like, hey, I put my property in LLC, which is you know a lot better for that day-to-day liability protection. Hey, tenant falls, hurts him or herself, unfortunately, helps protect against that. But it's the other 
part of what you said, hey, what happens when it's time for me to move on and my state takes over? Well, that's where my plan failed. And that's where I think a lot of people, they don't ask that second question. I certainly did not. And I want to bring more attention on there because there's the LLC. And then for that day-to-day protection, that long-term asset protection as you're referencing. And I want to distinguish that because in my mind, that one's those light bulbs. Oh, crap. I got to do a better job. Yeah, absolutely. And it's very common for people to just, you know, make that transfer to an LLC and feel like they're covered and kind of have this false sense of security. And really, you have to have a trust in the background. So you have to assign your ownership interest to a trust to have it getting avoided going through probate and avoid that cost of probate. And then kind of big picture, should you put in an LLC or should you just hold it directly in a trust? A lot of people, the benefits of having an LLC and assigning the interest to the trust is that asset protection component and that idea of that slip and fall. So when we're putting things in an LLC, we're separating our personal assets from our business assets. So if someone gets hurt on the property, are they going to be able to sue us individually or are they going to be able to come after our individual assets? And I always say the biggest line of defense, the biggest thing you should do is get good insurance. That's always going to be your first line of defense. And I have, I just had a real estate investor in my office yesterday. They said that they had great insurance. I'm like, great, let's pull up the policy. They said they have, you know, I have umbrella, I have everything. And then there was a lot of exclusions in their policy for things that they need coverage for. And so have the conversation, pull out the policy, look at the exclusions, talk to your insurance provider and ask them, hey, can I get coverage to cover these exclusions? Because of my litigation experience, this is the big, big, big mistake I see people making is them getting an insurance policy and feeling like they have that coverage and then not understanding that policy. So that's going to be the cheapest way to get asset protection for sure is to invest in that. Uh, and that's a great reminder. I'm at my about yearly mark to look at my insurance again, and I'm going to triple check it like I do because that worries me. Um, but I mean, great information on there. And this is just like a tip of the iceberg when it comes to insurance and LLCs and asset protection. And one of the things that you and I are working on as we you know, produce more content, more education out there is we're going to be rolling out a like new legal mini series on how to protect your assets from the day to day or the, the now litigation, but also that longer term asset and estate planning as well. We're going to go through in depth on LLCs, entity setups, insurance, bring on other experts from around the industry where, hey, you're great estate planning, but that's your lane. You're not great in insurance or great at selling businesses, you know, for LLCs for investors. We're going to bring on the appropriate people to talk about all that, but all in the big umbrella for that ultimate asset protection and like the uh, the estate planning, which I'm really excited about because that's something I did not realize I needed until we talked last year. And I've not really seen anyone talk about protecting real estate in terms of that like overall estate planning, probate avoidance as well. So I'm very excited to do it. It's going to be very educational. So listeners, be on the lookout for that. Number three common myth here is, or a question, if you have real estate in multiple states, what happens when you die? Yeah. So if you have, for example, some real estate here in Colorado and you own a real estate out of state, maybe in Arizona or Utah, if you were to pass away with that titled in your name or in your LLC and you don't have an estate plan in place, even if they're in LLCs, I'll kind of repeat that, 
it's going to go through probate in all of those states when you pass away. So, so each state will go through probate. Each state. So there's going to be a Colorado probate case. There's going to be an Arizona probate case for every state. So that means double the court costs, double the fees, double the time. It's going to be double, triple. It could be a much bigger probate process because of that. So really taking the time, you know, I worked with some clients um, recently that had teenage kids that they had property in multiple states. And we put together a plan to make sure that those teenage kids are going to be protected and that they're not going to have to go to court in all these different states. Okay. So the last question here is how can you protect real estate for your kids? And, you know, this is, I don't say a direct question I get from people, but I know this is often, you know, one of the end goals is for myself and all of our clients is, you know, we want to leave something to our kids, to our ear, to our estate. So that way they have something when, 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 when we move on. So how do we protect our real estate investments so our kids can take over one day? Yeah. So I think it's, kind of the same answer, whether you have minor children or adult children, you want to put some kind of plan in place. It's just going to look at it a little differently depending on that. But ultimately, you want to have a living trust. And you, if you have LLCs, you want to assign those to the living trust so that it avoids the cost, the time of probate. And then we can put additional asset protection pieces in place. So one of the examples I share is a colleague inherited some money and some real estate from her parents. And then she went through a divorce and she had to give that real estate. She had to sell it. She had to give money to her ex-spouse. And if the parents had put the proper planning in place, it would have been protected for her and the grandchildren, great-grandchildren. It wouldn't have had to be liquidated in a divorce. So with asset protection, with an estate plan, you can really... that real estate portfolio that you've put together for your loved ones can really serve them for the long run. And you can protection protect them from future divorces, future creditors, and against any financial support they need, right? So some, uh, some kids aren't at a financial place in their maturity, right, to manage an entire portfolio. So we can kind of design that guidance and support as well. And so in that scenario, I'll make sure I understood, you're saying um, this person's parents uh, passed away, left her an estate, uh, but she was married or already divorced at that time? Yeah, so she left, so they left it to her. Okay. So they left her a piece of real estate, they left her money, and she was married. And then after a few years, they got divorced and she had to sell it and give him that portion because it became commingled as part mm. of their marriage and because it had been left outright to her. Instead of in a trust. Okay, but if so it left you, in the trust. If it had been left in a trust and put some asset protection in place, then it would have been kept for her and for her children. It wouldn't have had to be lost in a divorce. So you can build that in. This is how business owners can start businesses, go bankrupt, and still have access to a trust fund. They've received their inheritance in a specific type of trust. I call it a lifetime asset protection trust or a dynasty trust. You can leave that same protection. You can leave real estate to kids if you set up your plan right, to protect them from their future creditors, their future divorces. Great. Good note. Thank you. Um, okay. So this brought up a couple other questions for me as we're going through on here, because um, this popped in my mind while we're chatting here. Um, you mentioned you know, uh, some examples about insurance programs having gaps in there. You also mentioned about you know some common pitfalls or failure points for people with current estate plans in place. So someone out there already has, you know, the insurance products or has an estate plan from years ago or they online. How can they go about getting it reviewed or making sure that it it kind of passes the sniff test for lack of better words? 
Do they yeah. call you or what do they do? Yeah. So for insurance, I always recommend you work with a trusted advisor. So if you just got the insurance online and you never t- spoke to someone, I would you know reach out to your network. Find people in your community that the people you know, like, and trust uh, recommend. And I'm happy to give recommendations if you don't have anyone or if we work together. Um, but you want to work with an insurance advisor that you can talk to about, hey, I'm going to be renting this property to someone that has dogs. And I'm going to be on the hook if a dog bites someone. That's something that a lot of people in Colorado don't realize as a landlord, that if you rent to a tenant that has a dog and that dog hurts someone, you're also going to be sued under our premises liability act. So we want to make I sure you know that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you want to make sure you have the right coverage for that. And that can be an exclusion. Slip and falls here in Colorado are a big thing that sometimes comes up as an exclusion. So I actually had my insurance person, he pulled a quote for me and I went through the policy and I'm like, huh, your first quote doesn't cover slips and falls. And that's like my most important thing that I want to make sure. And so he's like, oh yeah. And it, it wasn't a huge price difference to add it. So you really want to look at the exclusions page and then talk to your person and say, hey, do you have coverage? How much more would it be for me to have coverage on this? Um, I have a feeling we may put th- we may need to put together a list at some point for like eight things or 10 things or three things because you're off a couple of things where like, I didn't know that. And I yeah. think I know more than the average real estate investor does. And that's news to me. Yeah. And I don't sell insurance, but I over the last 13 years have litigated a lot of cases and I've been on both sides. I started off as insurance defense counsel after the DA's office. So I worked for insurance companies and then I worked on the side of plaintiffs that were injured. And so I've sued a lot of people. (laughs) But now on this side, because a lot of estate planning attorneys have never been in the litigation, haven't been in the trenches, Mm. they don't realize, especially for real estate investors as well, they don't realize what are their what what can happen? What are the potential pitfalls? So I feel like for me, that's one of the things I enjoy doing, even though I'm looking at it from an estate planning lens, is really have those conversations. What are your goals? What are your risks? So if you have an existing estate plan um, and you're looking to get it updated, we're happy to do an audit um, of it as part of our process. If you, um, I can probably share this with your audience, but I have kind of a self-audit checklist. So if you're not sure um, what to do. Maybe we can put it in those materials. Yeah. So like a, like a PDF, like a PDF. Oh yeah. yeah, We can definitely put that in there. Yeah. It's a 50 point audit that you can self audit your state plan and see, Hey, does this look like I have everything? And if you review it and you decide, you know, I want to work with an attorney to get updated, we're happy to go through your audit with you and, and help you as well. All right. Great. Um, so moving on to, um, how can people get more information and potentially work with you? Like I said, you know, I was thrilled at it. My mother-in-law was. All I've heard is great feedback from clients. And I know you have, uh, you know, a process you take people through and estate planning is, uh, you know, it, there's a lot of levers to pull on their life, a lot of education. So I know back, I think it was September, in episode 313, we published a podcast with you called How to Protect Your Family Through Real Estate uh, Estate. Let me start over. How to protect your family through estate planning and wealth preservation. And that you gave a great 30, 40 minute overview about how living trusts are set up, you know, common pitfalls, what to do, great educational standpoint. And I know I basically watched your core webinar very similar to that before we connected. And it allowed us to have a much more productive conversation because I knew the basics. And rather than having you kind of give me the basics on the phone call, I could say, I got all that. Now, here are five questions I wrote down from that material. So I'd recommend everyone out there, go listen to that podcast first, 313. We'll link in the show notes as well. 
and then reach out to Pam. And that's going to be the most productive conversation. And when they do that, Pam, how they reach you. Yeah, absolutely. And if you do watch the podcast, a little carrot is we give an offer of a golden ticket, which is some money towards estate planning, which is always helpful. So you get rewarded for being educated. But yeah, feel free to reach out to us at lawmother.com or reach out to us by phone, 720-706-0036. We usually do a 15-minute call and explain everything, answer any questions. And that is with one of my team members. And then they'll get you scheduled for a longer session with me. And then we try to keep it very very uh, easy for you, right? It's estate planning. We know that estate planning is one of those things that people tend to put off until it's too late. So once you reach out to us and you're like, I want to get this done, we want to make it very efficient. So we have a three-step process. Uh, We have the option for you to meet in our office or to do everything virtually to make it even easier. Um, So yeah, reach out to us that way. Great. Pam, I appreciate you coming on the podcast today being like a resource for us and helping to kind of quarterback that whole legal miniseries we're doing. It's going to be fantastic. I'm looking forward to making sure I understand everything. And so there are listeners and clients out there. So we're not there. If you guys have questions around your estate plan, need one set up, go connect with Pam Moss Garrett at Law Mother. All of her details in the show notes. And we'll see you next week. Thanks, Pam. Thank you so much, Chris. 